check the process back on this Monday, and it has been a hell of a week <laughs> since Glad last we were it. here. Because uh, the last time I saw you before this was Saturday afternoon, uh, front stage yeah. in a room full of, pr- I would guess, the most powerful people in Alabama. Introducing um, the 28th coach. Actually, you introduced the university president. I did. And if I'm not mistaken, your hand was the first one that Coach DeBoer shook as he oh, came across the be- uh, diet. Only, yeah, but we all know that was only because I was the first person he came Doesn't to. Doesn't matter. Uh, how did that knows, come about? So how did Saturday come about? When first, did you find out about it? Yeah, he would have he been really rude, but it wouldn't have been shocking no. if he'd bypassed me, and I would have understood if he'd gone to the president first. But it was a very nice gesture on Coach DeBoer's part. Um, I got a... I got a phone call on Friday morning uh, telling me to be prepared. Because you already you knew you were going to have to go to Starkville for Saturday night I did. for the men's basketball game. I did, and I was told, um, be prepared. We, we want you involved in the press conference um, as long as it doesn't conflict with basketball and what is your, what's mm-hmm. the, you know, we don't know, we don't know yet. Uh, I think it may have even been Thursday that I got the call. Be ready. We don't know. We, we're we pretty sure we know who, but we don't know exactly when. Yeah, We haven't engraved anything Correct. yet. Correct. We had not seen the puffs of smoke come yeah. from Archibald's, which, by the way, may be the greatest tweet ever. If it was good. If you saw the one from yes. Greg Byrne. It was fantastic. Instead of puffs of smoke from the Vatican, puffs of smoke from, you could have gone any, I'm not going to say any number of places, but Dreamland or Archibalds or wherever. But if you go puffs of smoke from a barbecue place in Tuscaloosa, Greg Byrne knows was, where he is. It was and well that played. was phenomenal. Um, so, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sitting on go. I made sure I had the, I made sure I had the clothes ready to go yes. and, and everything planned. And it did work out pretty conveniently outside of it being a home game for it to be Starkville right. in Saturday night and all that. So it gave me a longer window, but then got the word and Jessica Prey, who's senior associate AD is the one that had the, the format and everything ready for me. I knew it wouldn't be, it's not like they were going to ask me to do much, but I was honored. They would allow me to be a part of it and ask me to be a part of it. Um, and it gave me an opportunity. I, I will, I will tell you the, the coolest thing for me about it um i did go into the to where the the press not the press conference but the introduction mm-hmm. took place and i agree with some things we talked about off air the way it was done was really good and I, yeah. this logistically may not mean a lot to our audience but just to give a little insight normally in the past press conferences of of that magnitude are not press conferences, they're coronations where if you're doing the job as traditional media, it was very difficult to try and do your job because you've got just fans there and you're yeah. trying to ask questions. And it's not a true, it, it's an awkward setting yeah. to be doing Q&A. Right, exactly. So they've started breaking those up. We're going we're gonna to do a main introduction. Mm-hmm for the big crowd and hopefully it's something that'll be carried live by local and national as was mm-hmm. the case for this, but then we'll break off into true media sessions. Yeah. And that's what took place. But this was very nice in the, the North zone at Bryant Denny. And I went into the room where it was gonna take place and a lot of the people who were invited guests, and that's who all that was allowed was 
And most of those were Bryant Society members, yeah. the biggest donors. Were, they were you were. nervous? No, and because, I'll tell you yeah. why. I mean, you don't want to mess up because you get fired. But <laughs> you, uh, you want to keep your job. That was my main yeah. purpose. Uh, but I know most of those people. Yes. So it's not, it's not as if I had not been around them, didn't know them, you know. It, it's, it was a setting that I was comfortable in. But a few years ago, probably, I would have been very nervous. Yes. But anyway, I was there with them until about 1230 or so, and then uh, I was taken down to the area where the people that were going to be on stage mm-hmm. were going to gather, and it's actually the recruiting room for football. And Dr. Bell and his wife Susan were there, and I know them well and had a chance to visit for a few minutes and then dr bell looks up and goes oh here comes terry well in walks terry and nick saban were you surprised i was i was uh i think by that time i had been told he would be there and so i was not there in the moment i was very pleasantly surprised when i initially heard it a few minutes earlier he walked a very delicate line, which is difficult to do in that situation, of it was not about him at all. No. He was referenced, but he did an excellent job of showing support and also with Coach DeBoer then using that as not, you know, I was going to say leverage, but saying that he's going to have access to Nick Saban. No, absolutely. Now, I think they had met, I may be wrong, they had either met earlier that morning or the night before. Okay. But they had met. This was not, I don't believe, their first gathering. Um, he did meet the daughters and maybe uh, Nicole, Coach okay. DeBoer's wife. Yeah. I think he met them there for the first time. I'm really not positive about yeah. that. But they, they talked. But before they came in, I had a chance to visit with Coach Saban for a few minutes and the one thing that I haven't told anywhere that was that Thank was you for pretty cool. That. Yeah, no. yeah, that was pr- that was pretty cool. Um, after just a, a few minutes, I looked at him, and this you got to remember now. This was twelve forty-five, twelve fifty, mm-hmm. somewhere in that range. I said, uh, "Hit any golf balls today?" <laughs> and he had his hands in his pockets, and he kind of rocking, and he goes, "Not yet." <laughs> Which said, as soon as I can get out of here. Oh, man. Terry goes, I told him he needs to go. He needs to go play and go do that. So uh, it was really nice to see them both so relaxed, Mm -hmm. so at ease, so content, and genuinely happy. Uh, When I hugged Terry when she first came in, uh, I thanked her. And she goes, oh, please don't start. I'm just hanging on by a thread. Please oh don't gosh. start. So I said, fair enough, but thank you. And uh, we laughed, and we coach shook his hand and told him how much I appreciate every, appreciated everything. You know, and, of course, he's downplaying it, moved on. I, after about five minutes, a good five minutes of standing there with the Bells and the Sabins, I did, I did ask. I said, Coach, could I impose one more time on you? He said, what do you need? I said, could I have a picture with you and Dr. Bell? He said, uh, man, you're not imposing. I'll be glad to do that. So it was, 
He it was is very a, cool. He is a it was class surreal. act until the end. He was, he's very classy and in the right. I mean, man, he is, he's always been business. Mm-hmm. But there is an absolute human side. I think I told the story last week about my daughter and her 16th birthday. Didn't know where he got the picture. I don't remember. Maybe I didn't. I usually Again, listen. So, I, I usually listen when you talk, but I don't remember look, that one. And, and forgive me because it, it's not an exaggeration. From the time that it was it was made official by the university, mm-hmm. in the next forty eight hours, I think I did eighteen interviews. I don't with different I, I don't media, doubt it. different media outlets. So, I, and I would tell f- different stories, but I don't remember who I told them oh, to. Yes. This one, I'll, this one's always one of my favorites about Coach, and I think it says um, a lot about who he is and why I appreciate him. And again, I'm I'm very upfront and honest about this. I'm not close with Nick Saban. He and his he and his wife were extremely kind to me and my family when I was sick. Well, first when I had my stroke almost six years ago, I was the last person to know that I'd had a stroke because it got out. Somebody saw me in the hospital get wheeled in Mm -hmm. and tweeted. Just saw Chris Stewart rushed into ER or, yeah, ER. Anybody know what's going on? And from there, it blew up. Then word got out. And when, when I woke up 12... 14 hours after I'd had the stroke, I, I was basically the last person to know of what those happened. that yeah. would care that it, that's what had happened. Yeah. And that's why when I went in for my bypass surgery 16 months later, I actually sent something out on social media. Literally, as I, wa- I hit send on it as I walked into the hospital, and then I shut my phone off and handed it to my wife. Yeah. Because I didn't want there to be false information out there right. yeah. about it. So that being said, when I, when I woke up from the stroke and from the procedure that, that was done afterwards, you know, I was told Terry had called two or three times already. Somehow she'd gotten my wife's number. Yeah. She'd called Christy and, and had given her, you know, wanted an update on me. Um, there was a message on her phone from Coach Saban. Wow. You know, checking on me. Um, fast forward the 16 months, I have the bypass and the infection um, that had me out, was in a coma for two weeks. Um, I got a message, video message sent to me. It was, it was uh, awesome because Jim filled in that year for me as mm-hmm. the host of, yep. the, of the TV show. And Coach sends a message, I think it was after the Ole Miss, the taping of the, the show after the Ole Miss game. And Chris just got – it says something to the effect of, uh, Chris, we really, you know, miss you. Hope you're doing well. Praying for you and your family. And hope you hurry up and, and get well and get back soon. And I've got that and have it backed up. And yeah. send it to my kids. And they make sure they all have it for hopefully forever. It's, know- just, it's just amazing how genuine and kind they were. But at the same time, you know, he ain't taking me to Lake Burton. No. That's not what the relationship no, was. I, and that's why um, 
it could make it a little awkward, but I've heard Ryan tell this, and Jim and Lance have all talked about how things for them professionally exploded when Nick Saban became the head coach at the University of Alabama. Yes. That's where a lot of things really took off. And I can absolutely say the same thing. You know, I hit my first game to do the play-by-play -play on the old pay-per-view broadcast mm -hmm. was Coach's first ever game. First wow. play from scrimmage. Uh, God, what was the running back's name? Terry, little guy, uh, that we thought was great. And probably, you know, I don't mean this disrespectfully, but in today's era with Coach, probably would not have even been signed. Yeah. But he carries it 52 yards against Western Carolina on the first play from scrimmage in the – the Nick Saban run was truly off and running from that point forward. I got to do the play-by-play -play for that. Um, do you know if they'll stay in Tuscaloosa? They, from what I'm told, well, let me tell you. Because he, he said he's going to keep an office. At, I've seen it. Yeah. Okay. They've moved. They took everything that was in the office and moved it to the south end zone of Bryant-Denny. Okay, yeah. I think it's in the Crimson Tide Foundation area. Um he has an office in the stadium yeah. at the University of Alabama. I've, because Pat Dye kept an office at Auburn It will forever. not be operated the way that one was. And what I mean by that, Nick Saban will make himself available, but he will not try to run the program. And I think that's what a lot of people are interested in is because in Coach DeBoer's uh, opening statements, really, he said he was going to ask Coach Saban for, you know. I need one thing every day. One thing every day. You something can tell me more, but I need at least one from you. Something critical each day. Right. And, but I do, I, you do get the feeling that this is Coach DeBoer's program. There's no doubt. And I don't think he would have taken it, Kelly. I mean, think about it. The guy's, the guy's been a winner. And, and you can, you can downplay, and people do, that don't know about the NAIA, especially a few years ago, and I will say going back even further, because I saw the NAIA with my own eyes. I was a play-by-play -play announcer for two NAIA national championships, Brian Shoops at Birmingham Southern mm -hmm. in baseball, yep. but in 1995, six years prior, Dwayne Rebo's second in NAIA championship in, uh, in hoops with BSC. Those two men could coach anywhere. Um, I know for a fact Dwayne Rebel could have, was up for a job in the SEC. There were political reasons that he did not get it that were booster-related. Nothing negative all mm -hmm. about Dwayne, but it was the other school, and there was, a, there was a group of boosters that were in with another candidate. Yeah. It was not in the state of Alabama. Go ahead and remove that. But he... He should have gotten the job there and would have been a huge success. Um, tremendous coach. Same with Brian Shoup. Yeah. Uh, I mean, really he, good baseball yeah. coach. So here's Kalen DeBoer coaching at an NAIA program and he wins three titles. Right. And the best teams in the NAIA can compete with the bottom two thirds of NCAA Division I. I would agree with that. Yeah. The bottom two thirds. Um, would they struggle most games against the top 
25? Yes, yeah. but guess what? So does everybody in the bottom two-thirds of well, NCAA Division The, the kids I. you get at that level, when we talk about where Coach DeBoer started from, those are kids who are playing because they want to play. Right. They are there because they have a passion. They may not be the best players. They may be. A, I'll give you the prime example from basketball. I don't know with NAI football because I didn't see it up close. BSC didn't have that. I'll tell you the difference in basketball. You can be a tremendous 6'6", 6'7", post player back then, mm-hmm. and you're not going to be a, a recruited high-level D1 post player, but you can play yeah. and do well in the NAI. You can be slightly undersized. Um, but you may be yeah. a quarter step slow, but be able to shoot it really, really well. There's a place for you at most NAIs. There's probably not. There's more of a cookie cutter they're looking for at the higher end NCAA Division One yeah. program. So I say all of that to say that Kalen DeBoer can coach. Yep. You don't win three national titles at any level unless you can coach. He goes on then and takes a program at Fresno State that had been really good under Pat Hill right? and needed some new blood, new energy, builds it up to the point that he has enough success that a Pac-12 in a very good, historically good Pac-12 program in Washington calls him on, and in two years, he flips it. Yeah. But it's a really good place that's about to get even better because it's going to go into the Big Ten. They're, they weren't falling by the wayside. No. They weren't in a spot that Oregon State is where you're just looking for a life preserver. He had to believe that where he was going was going to be really, really special and long-term could be better for him and his family than what Washington long-term could be. Oh, by the way, his last loss was the same as Nick Saban's to Michigan in the title game. You know, he he said this was probably the only place he would consider leaving Washington for. Right. And Uh, I thought, I'm sorry. No, please. I thought it was very honest that he didn't just say, this is the only place I would have gone for. He said, this is one of the very few. One of the very few. Very few. And because this is, uh, if handled improperly, this could have been a very difficult place to come coach. Because we've said, you know, even after Coach Bryant retired, left, you don't want to be the guy who follows him. You want to be the guy who follows the guy. Sure. But I do believe that with the way that Nick Saban is handling this, with the way that Kalen DeBoer is coming in, it is being handled as well as it could be. I agree. And the next big thing that we've talked about, we know he can coach. He's got to retain players. No doubt. And that is, that is the, I, uh, he's bringing in Courtney Morgan, who is his general manager. Mm-hmm. Uh, who, I, I mean, I did a deep dive on him Saturday. He seems pretty phenomenal. Legit, yeah. Um, I would have to imagine between DeBoer, Courtney Morgan, and I, I would have to imagine Nick Saban is also trying to help retain. Uh, I would be shocked. Or somewhat keep a baseline. I would be shocked if he's not. Um, Kelly, I, th- I think that's obviously important. But I think there are going to be players that want to come play at Alabama for Kalen DeBoer that maybe didn't have – I'm not going to say didn't have Alabama on their radar, but are considering it now that Bama wouldn't have looked at necessarily before. Yeah. And that also probably wouldn't have looked at Alabama, but they're 
They're going to want to come play for him. Yeah. You're going to get players at Alabama. You're going to get them. Um, and while every year is important at Alabama, I'm not as concerned about next year as I am year three, four, and five. Yeah. And, and by no means am I saying this guy won't. Be, don't forget again now, he took Washington in two years. Yeah. And their starting point was a lot lower than Alabama's two years ago. So don't don't assume there's going to be a drop off, despite who may or may not be on the roster. Yeah, we're still waiting. Uh, we're assuming that Coach Grub Ryan Grubb, his offensive coordinator, is going to be following him from Washington to Tuscaloosa. A lot of people want to know about the defensive side. Who is going to be that coordinator? A lot yeah. of rumors going around. I don't know as of this point that anything yeah. has as been settled. As you and settled. I are talking, apparently T-Rob has not unpacked boxes in Athens. Yes. That is I'd, the... I'd heard that he's asking for the entire defensive coordinator position, if I'm not mistaken, at Georgia, but uh, while still weighing his options. And uh, I think that's a, that's a tough spot for... Um, Kirby Smart because he's got a pretty good one in Glenn Shoe. He does. But at the same time, you know what T Rob can mean to you on the recruiting trail, exactly. especially when you know you've got to out recruit Alabama. Yeah. In a, all of this, uh, I, I, it has been to say a crazy, tumultuous week would just, I, I, don't, I don't even know that there are quite words to describe what has gone on over the past six days, but. In light of that, we also need to talk a little bit of men's basketball like this much because Alabama, yeah. along with Auburn, are the only two undefeated teams in conference play right now. Right. They had a huge win over South Carolina in Tuscaloosa last week, and then on Saturday, a big road win against Mississippi State. Bigger as far as, it, to me, all those home games, you got a whole serve. But Mississippi State was coming off of a win at home against Tennessee yes. in their most Which recent is, game. Not disrespectful of no. South Carolina but they had not played what Mississippi State had played yet. And Alabama didn't play well in the first half against the Gamecocks, were great in the second. Maybe their most complete half of basketball mm -hmm. all year. Then you go to Starkville, and Nick Pringle had two fouls before the national anthem was over. He was efficient. He had five fouls in six minutes of playing time. That's, there you that's go. Tough to, yeah. That's tough to match that. Um, and I say that in, in jest, oh, not I know, picking yeah, up it, but stuff started to snowball, and he, he he couldn't help it. He was he was a magnet for the whistles. So I am um, I was really impressed what they did defensively to keep Tolu Smith from having a career night was really good. You had Muhammad Wagi, who's who was not quite at one hundred percent, but was back mm -hmm. from the leg injury, uh, able to go and gave some good minutes, but. Uh, Mo White, excuse me. Uh, I know Grant Nelson had a great game, help just he kind did. of keeping everything in check. Uh, but <laughs> both Mo's yes. played a lot and played uh, pretty well yeah. to give to give Grant Nelson, who got the hard hat award, some help. Grant had nine points, nine boards, three block shots. And went toe for toe. Yep. With with Tolu, so it was fun to see them get things done defensively, but also shot it really well early in that mm -hmm. game, and did some things 
uh, later on. Latrell Reitzel was huge. The fact that he had, I think, either his best or second best scoring game. Man, if he starts to get it consistently figured out, they're going to be tough because he's, he's, that's why he came from Fullerton. That's what we needed him to do. Shoot it like he did this, this weekend uh, in Startville and hopeful that will continue going forward. I was going to say, Mizzou comes in this week, and then I also heard that Coach DeBoer will be introduced at Coleman possibly I had heard Tuesday that. Night. I don't know if that is accurate or not, but I would not be at all surprised. No. I mean, if, you, if you're just driving would, around the arena. Yes. I, I would, uh, would, I would be, be surprised. It's, it's natural, kind of traditional that it would happen. Yeah. Uh, it's a deal where, you know, if he's there working in the office, you pull him over for – 15 minutes, and yep. and we'll see. But I, I hope so. Let fans see him and and get even more of a a greeting. And, and if you shoehorn a few more in on a Tuesday night that maybe wouldn't be there, I just hope the weather's good enough. You know, we're yeah. sitting here under – I don't know how many loaves of bread you bought. I, I didn't worry about bread. I got firewood, so I made sure I'm good there. I usually – yeah, well, I, I always hit the wine aisle, and that's – to make sure I've got that covered. Preach, yeah, sister. Because as long as that makes it in the cart and out of the store, we're going to be just fine, kids. I've, I've decided not to go with the sacramental wine during 21 days here. Well, let's see. You're, you're a better person. No, I'll dr- I will near. drink your share for you. I will drink your share for you. You do that. We're, you know, we're just getting started. We really did not think we would be talking this much football this time of year. And obviously, each week we will continue to discuss the progress What's going on the process? Because that was even another key word that he, a key statement was trust the process. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's going to be, and, and he, it's, there's, there, it's, it's going to be his program. Nick Saban didn't invent all the words and phrases that we heard from him, but he took all of them and hit them, hit us right between the eyes with them yeah. because he lived them and he has lived them, but lived them as the head football coach and showed that those things, when applied, can make you very, very successful. Great life lessons in addition to, obviously, a formula to be the best football program in America. And we will continue to follow and talk about them because um, for the first time in 17 years, as I told my daughter, uh, she is 16 years old. I was pregnant with her going into long-form programming uh, back when Nick Saban was announced 17 years ago, I had to go to the bathroom so badly. Mm-hmm. And I said, in your entire life, you've only known one football coach right. at Alabama. And that is staggering to think about because so many programs around the country, the turnover is, uh, it's, Showed it's... It's exactly what people my age and older encountered. Well, people my age, 13 years older and 11 years younger, all encountered. I think I did the math right on that, which is shocking. But with Coach Bryant. Right. 25 years as the head coach at the University of Alabama. He's all we knew. And that, and, and that was, I think, a lot of the hard part for people last week. It was a very emotional time. No doubt. It was almost, you felt almost like a funeral type setting. You're absolutely right. And, and there were a lot of us in that room that we talked afterwards, genuine excitement about who the hire is and about what he's going to do. And yet we're, we're processing all that because we need to be excited. We should be excited. 
but understanding who and what we're we're losing historically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kalen DeBoer's life changed. He said, you know, on Monday he's playing for the national championship. On Wednesday he gets a phone call about the Alabama job, and on Friday he's introduced as the head coach yeah. at the University of Alabama. Um, he's flown or cross now, country. Yeah. And then on Saturday he's uh-huh. doing the all the introduction from Houston back to Washington to Birmingham in one week. His his wife and his two daughters, and then there's the older daughter who's sitting there ready to start her college career at the same school where her dad is, and now he's in the whole family's mm-hmm. cross country. I heard, she's a, heck of, I heard she's a hell of a softball player, too. Here we got a heck of a softball program in Tuscaloosa. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Regardless, they smiled. I know they're happy. But it's also, it was gut-wrenching for a lot of people in that room for different mm-hmm. reasons. Yeah. And that's okay. That's part of it. All of those things, uh, all of those things can be real. They can be respected. Um, they can be understood. Mm-hmm. But it shows that Alabama football goes on just like it did when Coach Bryant passed away. It's going to go on now. Um, other men besides the nobody has won more national championships than those two men. But there are others who have won championships at the University of Alabama. There will be people who win national championships going forward. The honest and sincere hope is that it's Kalen DeBoer and that it's very soon. That's right. Well said. Thank you very much. Well said. And that's why we can always find Chris Stewart online. Somewhere. Somewhere. Chris Stewart online. Um, C. Stewart Sports on X. And uh, I think I got Facebook and also yeah, yeah. Instagram. Exactly. All the socials. Insta. I got Insta. Insta. So find me All there. the socials. Yeah. And we can find you at Colin Coliseum Tuesday Indeed. night against uh, taking on the Mizzou Tigers. As long as we don't have a sheet of ice between McCollum and, uh, we'll and f- Coleman. We'll, f- we'll figure that out. Yeah. I, I, can't, I can't deal with that. Winter weather's just not. Okay. But uh, thank you. That tells me you're prepped. Yeah, I know. Well, again, we'll be back next week. Uh, A lot more to talk about with Coach DeBoer, a lot more to talk about with Alabama basketball. And uh, for Chris Stewart, Kelly Hunter, we will see you back next week. Before we leave, they need it, especially this week. Roll Tide. Take care.